listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast, a podcast all about your health and wellness issues that affect you every day. We want to educate, entertain, and maybe make you giggle a little along the way. No annoying statistics or jargon here, just information you can use every day to be healthier, happier, and less boring. All right, here's your host, OBGYN Dr. Ron Eaker. Hey everybody, and welcome to another Women's Online Wellness Thirsty Thursday. Just a brief update tonight on vaccines and COVID in general. I've been getting a lot of questions about vaccine availability, who can get it, who can't get it. So I wanted to just take a few minutes and just give a brief update on a lot of the questions I've been getting and try to clarify some issues for some folks <clears throat> excuse me, with regards to the COVID vaccine in particular. I just received the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine a couple of days ago. Uh, personally, uh, after the first dose, I had a little bit of soreness in my arm, never any really other symptoms. After the second dose, I had a little bit more soreness. I noticed it was a little different after the second dose, but really no other side effects and no other problems. Uh, I really wanna reiterate again, and I've said this multiple times, the two vaccines that are available now, the Pfizer and the Moderna, which are what we call mRNA viruses, A, do not contain any COVID virus particles. They are coding for the spike protein, which is the part of the particle, the virus that attaches to the cell. So you're not, it's not like polio vaccine or you know, what we call a live attenuated or other types of vaccines. So you are not going to get COVID from this vaccine. Also, there's a lot of myths and misunderstandings there is absolutely no evidence that there is a problem with fertility issues based on this vaccine. Somehow that got started on social media and there is absolutely no scientific data that indicates that this creates any issues with fertility. Just in general, I can say from everything that I've read and studied over the last several weeks to months, these are very safe vaccines. They're exceedingly effective. We normally are happy with a 70% protection rate, and these are running in the 90 to 95%. So they're very safe and very effective. And again, my recommendation in general is that if you have the vaccine available to you, it makes sense to get it. We still are dealing with a lot of disease and there's been a recent spike both locally and nationally most likely secondary to travel over christmas uh, and that's just something that we knew was going to happen so that's not that unsuspected but just understand that this is still a serious problem for a lot of folks every day i'm talking to patients or seeing patients in the office who have had it or currently dealing with it, and it's still a significant problem. Just to give you some context, I pulled some numbers 
this morning from the Georgia Department of Health. Uh, right now, we stand at about 660,000 confirmed cases in Georgia, about 6,400 just in the last day. We've had over 10,000 confirmed deaths. Yesterday, uh, there were 142, and there have been over 45,000 hospitalizations. Yesterday alone, there were about 360 people hospitalized, and we've had about 8,000 people in the ICUs. So I say that just to illustrate that we don't want to let our guard down yet. Yes, we are seeing the light at the end of the proverbial tunnel if we can really roll out the vaccines and people will take advantage of the vaccines. And that's what I wanted to touch on just a bit tonight to give you some updates about some of the vaccine policies that are going on locally and then nationally. I've gotten a lot of questions from people who have actually tested positive for COVID, have recovered and are asking, should they take the vaccine or can they take the vaccine? Well, the answer is yes. And it still is recommended. We do have a couple of studies that have been recently published that show that people who had COVID antigen positive, culture positive, tested COVID, the antibodies can be most likely protective for anywhere between four to eight months. So if you had COVID, you don't have to be anxious about getting the vaccine immediately because you in most likely will have protection for that four to eight month time period. We don't know beyond that because that takes time to continue testing. But if you have had COVID, and even if you are within that window, you still can get the vaccine. And most scientists and, and experts agree that it's very likely that the vaccine may very well last longer and provide more long-term protection than simply the natural infection. So they are recommending that for people, even if you've had COVID. Much of this data depends on time, obviously. So we are going to get more information as time goes by, but it still doesn't affect the effectiveness and the safety. So if you have had it, I think you can get it. So what's happening in particular in Georgia right now, in South Carolina, because we have a lot of folks in South Carolina, with the vaccine rollout? Well, Georgia in particular, I know Carolina is somewhat similar, so there's some overlap there. Georgia vaccine plan is really divided into uh, really four quadrants, if you will. Call it 1A, 1B, 1C, and then I don't know, they may be called 1D or 2, but 1A is what currently is happening. And those are people who are healthcare workers, first responders, people who are on the front lines in medical offices, in ERs, people who are working in hospitals and nursing homes. And also included in that are nursing home residents. We know for the very beginning that those folks have been decimated. 40% of the deaths nationally are secondary to residents of nursing homes. 
So they have been prioritized in this 1A, which is currently going on with both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. Number, the, the next phase will be 1B, and that's gonna be non-healthcare essential workers who perform jobs across critical infrastructure, ensuring the continuity of functions for public health and safety and national security. Now it is up to each state to designate who are those essential workers. I looked and could not find a lot in the way of definitive answers about that. There's a lot being left open right now, but I think that likely as we're getting close to rolling out that part, that's not that far off, that we'll get more definition as to who that those essential workers are. And that's going to vary because that's determined by the state. But that will probably be rolling out in the next weeks to months, more sooner than later, because a lot of the healthcare workers have already gotten vaccinated in this first swath. And then the third will be the 1C group, and that's people who are aged 16 to 64 with medical conditions that increase the risk for severe COVID. And those are things like obesity, hypertension, diabetes, uh, congestive heart failure, pulmonary disease, autoimmune diseases, anything that puts you in a higher risk category, regardless of your age, will be prioritized in this 1C. Now, as you can imagine, there's going to be a lot of overlap and there's going to be a lot of, uh, I don't want to use the term red tape, but there, the, my prediction is these restrictions or these categories are going to be very broad and very nebulous, meaning that you're not going to have the vaccine Gestapo questioning you if you go in and uh, you're in this uh, 1B or 1C and you're not going to have to prove to them that you have hypertension or diabetes. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't know yet how they're going to differentiate and separate that out. I'm sure they're planning for that. But uh, one of the things I do know is the CDC just recently came out with rankings of states with regards to their ability and their effectiveness at getting vaccines out in these different phases. And I'm really sad to announce that Georgia was the fourth worst in the country and South Carolina was the second worst in the country at distributing these vaccines. Now, how was that determined? Basically, they just said how many vaccinations per 100,000 population are have actually been given. And that's what kind of determines the ranking as to where these states fell. So, uh, Georgia's uh, latest data from this morning showed that less than one-third of the almost 700,000 dosages shipped to Georgia have actually been given at this point. Now that's very important from a number of standpoints. Number one is 
there's a shelf life of these vaccines. They do go bad and they have to be stored and they have to be distributed. So we don't want to get so tied up in the red tape that it makes it difficult to actually get these out to the people that need to. And I think people are now realizing that that's an issue. Recently, I've seen a lot of places such as some of the hospitals, for example, who maybe got a distribution and realized that maybe they weren't giving out as many because some people were electing not to get the vaccine. So in, instead of limiting the vaccines to just the healthcare workers, instead of letting them go bad, they've been able to distribute those. Unfortunately, there's a lot of government red tape that actually in some places are penalizing and threatening penalties and fines for institutions that distribute vaccines out of sequence, if you will. We've got to get rid of that. That's absurd. That's nuts. At this point, it's getting it out to as many people as possible. But so far, the last quote I saw was uh, Governor Kemp said that we're working tirelessly to get our supply of vaccines to those who need it and to those who would do the most good. So they are aware of this situation. Uh, South Carolina has made some changes in that they have opened up the availability of dosages to anybody over the age of 70, regardless of their risk factors, regardless of whether they're in a nursing home or not, regardless of whether they're a healthcare worker. So they are taking some steps to increase their, their distribution in South Carolina. Right now, if you're not a healthcare worker, if you fall outside of that initial cohort, you can go ahead and call the uh, Richmond County Public Health or better yet, go on their website because probably they're not gonna be answering the phones, they're so overwhelmed right now. And there is a, a pretty good explanation of the vaccine policy on the, uh, the East Central Georgia uh, District uh, uh, website, which is the or the health district that we're in, or you just, just Google uh, Richmond County Health Department or, or East Central Georgia Health Department, and you can get a lot of good information, uh, even allow you to uh, fill out an application to be able to get the vaccine when it's available for, for whatever cohort you fall into. I also did see on the website today that a number of pharmacies have applied and will be getting dosages of both the Pfizer and the, well, mainly the Moderna vaccine because it's easier to store. Like I noticed there were several Kroger and Publix and CVS pharmacies that will be getting those. I, it didn't say when they're going to get those and how those are gonna be distributed. Uh, certainly I would either go to the Georgia Department of Public Health website or the local Department of Health websites to be daily. I hope that didn't, I hope I didn't just didn't lose everybody that said that my connection was bad. Uh, 
So anyway, that's kind of the brief summary that I, I wanted to give tonight. I'll kind of look and see if there's any particular questions before I move on. Hey, Robin, I'm glad you're doing better. Uh, Kathy, uh, Faye, Judy, uh, Karen, Tina, Becky, a whole bunch of you folks, glad y'all are a part of this. I wanted to take just a second and let folks know that people who are currently in my practice, who have been patients of mine, I know you've gotten a lot of information over the last few weeks about the transition that I'm making to affiliating with the MDVIP program. And hopefully you've had enough information to kind of decide if you see the value in it for you. Well, as of tomorrow, January 15th, I will only be seeing patients who are in the MDVIP program. So if you have questions about that, if you need some more information, if you're wondering if it's right for you and you just haven't been able to decide or, or for whatever reason have not gotten the information, you can either go on mdvip.com backslash MD and it'll give you a lot of additional information. Uh, you can call and I'll put the numbers on the, the feed here so you'll know where you can go and get some additional information. We've really got some great things planned. I don't want to spend a lot of time going into detail about what's going on. Hopefully, again, I've had several uh, seminars talking about that, but I just want to make sure folks are aware that we are up, up to that point now. We're going to be moving to our own private satellite office over on Central Avenue that's just going to be for MDVIP patients and also uh, our weight loss patients. And that's the other thing I wanted to clarify tonight because I think there's been some confusion. I am going to continue to see weight loss patients regardless of whether they're part of the MDVIP program or not. If you're in our, our weight loss program or you want to be in our weight loss program, I will continue to be doing that uh, completely separate from the MDVIP program. Those who are in the MDVIP program will have access to the weight loss. So just know that that's a part of being uh, in that family, in that group. But for folks who are just wanting to do the weight loss and get their gynecological care and their basic primary care other places, uh, we will continue to see folks there. So I just wanted to throw that out because I had gotten some additional questions about that. Uh, I am obviously going to continue doing our women's online wellness. I, I think that is something that I enjoy doing and I'm hoping that if you'll give me some thumbs up, it's something you enjoy and we'll be continuing putting out some useful information on a variety of topics uh, throughout this. So uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, I'm not uh, leaving uh, this platform. So give me a thumbs up, uh, show me some love if you feel like that this is providing some benefit for you. Gosh, I was looking back, we've been doing this almost two or three years now. I can't believe it's gone by that quickly, uh, but I, I really appreciate all the feedback that the community's given. I've got some fun things planned uh, in the future, so I encourage you to, to continue to go to the page and look at updates, and certainly anybody that you see that might be uh, beneficial, benefiting from this, let, them, let us know. Um, 
So that's really what I wanted to do tonight. Uh, if you, I'm looking to see if there's any other questions. If not, you know how we always end this and now more than ever, make healthy choices. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, email Dr. Eaker at reaker at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, choose to be healthy.